0: What's up, what's up, guys? This is the Californication 2020 podcast. I guess you thought 2020 couldn't get worse. We are here to prove that again.
1: <laughs> Wayne, how's it going?
0: All right, this is my special partner in crime of the uh, professional poker house playing night shift at the Bicycle hotel and Casino.
1: Yeah. My name is Michael, Michael Lamas, and uh, I'm here to do this with Wayne and uh, Professional Poker Place, this is what we do now. You know, we just sit around and watch, like, you know, 13-year-old shows.
0: Well, it's like, people asked, or you asked, why we're qualified to comment anything. I was like, because we're professional poker players. If you read poker Twitter? They just know everything.
1: Uh, that's, a, that's a very good point. Poker players are a lot smarter than, uh, than everyone else, especially the female poker players posting on Twitter.
0: Damn. They're definitely smarter than the people who actually do it, right? Like, the people who well, actually do the other jobs, like, poker players know how to do those other jobs better.
1: No, I, I totally agree with that, and um, I absolutely agree with that, and I shouldn't take shots because there are actually, like, really smart female <laughs> poker players, like Liv Bore, right, on Twitter, who you should follow on Twitter, and then there are other poker and players. And her YouTube.
0: Follow on YouTube, yeah.
1: Yeah, you should just follow Liv Bore and pretty much no one else. like Kelly <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. A follow
0: fair enough. follow Rio. I have to say that anyway. Cause...
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's Wayne's cool. got a lot more knowledge on this topic, so you should listen to you should listen to who he recommends you follow. Although Wayne is a cheap follow, you know, like if you if you tell Wayne to follow you, like Wayne's Wayne Wayne's giving you the follow, right? Which I which I respect. You know, I don't. I, I, I'm not gonna hate on that, but I just want to warn you guys: if you do take his recommendation, like it, it comes very cheaply. Go ahead, Wayne.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get on into the first episode, the pilot episode of Californication, season one, episode one. You freshly watched this, right? I
1: just watched it so that we could do the podcast and talk about it, absolutely. And if you guys have not seen Californication and we inspire you to Shut this Cal- up, yeah. Yeah, shut it off, right? And yeah. don't listen to us. We're gonna try not to spoil some future episodes, but there's gonna be some inevitable uh, leakage. Um, But you guys are in for a treat. You should absolutely go watch season one, uh, episode one right now. If you have Amazon Prime, the first season is available for free on Amazon Prime. If you don't have Amazon Prime, just pirate it because stealing things is cool now. It's 2020, right? And so, um, and you guys should definitely watch that and then you should come back, listen to our podcast and donate to our Patreon, which doesn't exist, so if you could just send us the cash straight, like I'll give you guys Wayne's address, you just send it to his house like that's that's fine um, you know, and, and we really appreciate it, so thanks, I, I'm sure you're, you're intrigued already
0: <laughs> So, opening scene Hank Moody's at a church, right? He's like a yeah. writer, he just like can't write, and this nun is like oh well how about a blowjob and then uh he's like what and then the nun's like well it's not gonna take care of itself so you know the nun goes down and then Hank Moody's like whoa covers the Jesus pieces eyes which I feel like is really considerate because like Jesus is about to get like stoned to death it's like if he can't get any like you're like Hank Moody's just gonna you know prevent him from watching
1: any? yeah Yeah. so jesus so you you think it was a nice thing that he uh that he covered jesus's face
0: no i thought it was mean yeah like if i'm about to die i want to like if i'm not going to get any action i like to see some action right
1: well absolutely you know i mean you can see so not all like uh you know crucifixes uh at at churches you know you might i don't know if you know that you know i'm i'm a catholic by by my initial raising anyways um, so I'm, I'm a lapsed Catholic technically. <clears throat> and so like a lot of crucifixes, but you can see the blood like streaming down, you know, white Jesus's face on that uh, on that cruise uh, on the crucifix in the church. Right. So, I mean, he's clearly, you know, feeling the effects of these thorns driving into his head, you know, and y- you could see the look on his face, right? Like his head's down, like, blah, like, you know, the guys he's you know, he's suffering from blood loss. Right. I mean, it's not not a good situation to be in. Absolutely and not you would imagine, right, that, like, what is, like, something that you would want right before death, right? Like, what you want right before death or what you imagine you want right before death, the blowjob, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, watching Californication, probably number one, blowjob, number two,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough, right? And you could, if you just watch the first scene, you can get both at the same time, right, which is amazing. So. Yeah, so you want, that's what you want, right? When you're dying. Of course, people don't think about the fact that when they're dying, right, they're like, you know, half passed out and completely like bloated and, you know, their bodies are breaking down. And like a blowjob is actually the last thing you want because, oh, you know, yeah. your dick doesn't work anyways anymore, right? And probably hasn't for the last 25 years. So, uh, you know, minimum. Um, so, yeah, but I, I feel you 100%. Like Jesus is not an old guy, right? And you know, there's all kinds of rumors about whether he got it on with like Mary Magdalene or not, right? But I mean, like we're led to believe that Jesus died, you know, untouched, right? which is, I mean, that to to me, that's a pretty bad cult leader, right? Like one of the big points of like running a cult is that, you know, you get you, know, you get all kinds of women around you, right? Like you know, so like Jesus was in the end, you know, a really terrible cult leader, but I'm on a hundred percent agreement with you, blocking off Jesus point of view <clears> there, <throat> like because Hank was feeling like some shame, if he was feeling some real shame, right? If he was really respecting Jesus, he would have passed. He would have said no, mm. right? He didn't, right? Instead he was like, well, I'm gonna take this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna block Jesus out, right? I'm gonna hope Jesus doesn't see, like you can block anything from Jesus, yo. Jesus is God, bro. Like he sees you. He saw what was happening. And maybe that's one reason we, one thing we could say, maybe it's not so bad, Jesus could still see, right? Maybe Hank was just trying to block his peripheral vision from seeing this dude bleeding, you know, out of his head,
0: right? So, you know, to Hank's credit, it turns out to be a dream. He's actually with this chick and he's, you know, making moves and she's about to, you know, orgasm, which is like, you know, I wouldn't know because I've, I've never seen, you know, a woman orgasm. Mm-hmm. So, like, he—he's banging his marriage chick. there. He's banging <laughs> yeah. his marriage chick, <laughs> chick. So, hey, Woody isn't God. He—he's definitely like a close relative.
1: I think that's what we're supposed to take right from the get-go, right? I mean, he's in bed with uh, a—he. First of all, you know, he's—he's—he's. He's, he's, I mean, the, the girl's gorgeous, right? And he's—he's he's in bed with her. And this girl, like, you know, he, the part he left out is really important. She was. I mean, she was waking him up with a blowjob. Oh,
0: that's I mean, right. Yeah, that, I mean, that, it, that leads into the dream. That leads in from the dream. Yeah,
1: ladies, like mm-hmm. if you want to be a good girlfriend, right? If you want to keep your man around, I mean, you got to time it right because if you wake me up at the wrong time, I'm gonna be pissed at you anyways. But like, if you time it right, like if you figure out my sleep schedule and you wake me up like that, like you can just have all my money. Like seriously, like whatever you want is yours. So this is this is a pro move and and yeah I don't know how many uh you know potential women listeners we have and how many want to lose right now but I, I feel like we have we have a lot to discuss from this scene um you know because go ahead I, I'll, you well do you want to continue here and uh,
0: no go go so, ahead I thought so would, can we
1: talk so jealous. so what happens in the scene right which hopefully you guys just watched he is you know she is complaining because her man you know can never give her an orgasm as as Wayne said right. <clears throat> And uh, honestly, Wayne, as you said, like they clearly should have given you the role of her husband, right? To come back in and, you know, and, and I think that would have been good casting. I, yeah,
0: because I can't find the thing or whatever.
1: And plus, you looked almost exactly like that tatted up, like you know, muscle bound freak, you know, who ends up showing up back at the house. Um, but the uh, so uh, so with so he anyways, Hank. They they have a little discussion, right, about what happens, like, and why she can't really get off with this guy. And he says because, sorry, she says because he, meaning her husband, makes her take a shower first, right? And like, okay, so there's a lot going on here and I don't know how many listeners we want to lose right off the bat 10 minutes in, you know, but she is obviously just a down girl, right? Like she is willing to do a wake up blow job. And that means she is willing to do a blow job when Hank has probably been sitting, you know, his like crotchal area has been sitting in like, you know, liquids of love for like the entirety of the last evening. And she's willing to just like wake up and like, boom, right? Like she's not the kind of chick who expects you to expect her to be like Super clean, right? She expects you to just be like a dog and just like get in there and get that right. And her, her, you know, her her husband. I mean, he's not that kind of guy, right? And yeah, I don't know. See, this is like it. This is tough to say, right? Because there's there's like a racial component to this, but like for for like for white women, it's like a really big deal that you are you know willing to do that without them being clean. I'm I'm just gonna put that out there. You might have to you might have to edit that out of the uh, podcast.
0: There's, there's no editing. There's no editing. Yeah, we can, we but can hide they, the video. But there's no well, editing.
1: you might have you, you might have to hide the video, but frankly, this is why like a bunch of like kind of like you know, nerdish like, you know, white dudes who are kind of like uncomfortable with like sex and all that stuff. That's why they always go for Asian girlfriends because Asians always clean themselves before things go down. Like that's it's just like a cultural thing, man. It's just it's just not the same it's just different
0: <laughs> anyway I'm, I'm just envious because he's getting like action right off the bat and i'm sitting here like i mean i guess i've been on a date 22 minutes that's like half a date rounded up right
1: yeah i half mean credit. well well no i would say for hank moody that's like three or four dates right i mean he seems to he seems to he seems to hank moody and this is spoiling a little bit the series but he seems to not really have to go on dates
0: it right is. like he. What? He's, profession- he's professional. He's, he just, like, walks in and I don't
1: know. He's absolutely professional, right? You and I, like, we go on dates. They last, like, three, four hours, right? We, you know, we talk. We, we get to know each other, right? And then at the end of the night, she says, oh, no. You know, I just feel like I know so much about you. It's it's just we, we should probably just, like, stay friends. Like, okay. All right. That's that's how it is, right? Oh, so-
0: you, get the, you get the friends? You get that rank? I'm, I'm like... <laughs> you get the, I'm not you I you get get the guy who blocks.
1: You get the you get the the girl who call, who busts out her cell phone like right in front of you and doesn't te- doesn't text her best friend right calls her best friend is like hey yo I got this creep who's sitting like right next to me and like straight
0: up uh, oh, I don't no. know what
1: the
0: yeah the phone goes like this and then it goes straight to the the police station.
1: Oh man, that's awful. Yeah, I've had a uh, I've I've had a, a a girl drive into the police station when I was following her with my car before, but let's I can't get into that here. It's still
0: pending so uh we hear the car pull up and then she's just like the girl's like uh oh that's my husband and and then hank's like oh i gotta get like get dressed and pulls up his pants and just like goes outside and just, he, like, actually,
1: he actually doesn't have any pants on
0: oh it's oh that's right yeah and he and then you know the husband like looks at hank Moody's he's like dude you gotta be kidding me now I'm i'm used to that part
1: <laughs> hey amen respect listen if you've heard that right if you heard that that means you're that means you're knocking them down out of your league right for real so if you've heard if some other guys like you've got to be kidding me right although if in another context right like if you like uh if you show up at a date right and like <laughs> the girl's just like me like oh no you got to be kidding me like that's that's a
0: lot worse. You're being way too positive. I was like, I was talking like, you gotta be kidding me. Cause like at the poker table, like the guy flips over aces, I flip over the four nine off with two <laughs> pair. And then he's like, you gotta be kidding me.
1: And then it turns out you were kidding. Cause the board pair three's on the river anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, like you lost, but yeah, no. And this, this guy who shows up, you know, he's, I mean, he's, he's a, like for, for you kids out there, right. Hank calls him K fed. And uh, you guys might not know who K-Fed is. Kevin Federline. We do, is, we do. Yeah. We know K-Fed is. He's actually probably the better half of the Kevin Federline-Britney Spears coupling. But he has, he has kids, right, with Britney Spears, right?
0: Yeah, I think two.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, they were actually a fitting couple. I mean, really, that is a, you know, that's a that's a trailer park couple that just achieved a little bit of fame. You know, because Britney Spears could, I don't know, could she sing? Yeah. Was it, Was it singing that got her the, okay, all right
0: her her like what she was popular for was like stylized for that era like you know I think I don't know you could, you could look this stuff up okay I mean, she, so
1: w- that era must have been a much more innocent time
0: it was it was like the internet just came out Yeah, the internet's been out yeah. for like 25 years now it's not this good this is
1: something I appreciate about Wayne Wayne really appreciates talent in all forms that's true he really does <laughs> so he, he can appreciate somebody like Britney Spears who's able to make it in this uh in this world and and i appreciate that wayne do you appreciate kevin federline
0: he had a rap album was was it like one of his hit singles like papa's papa's out or something like that. I don't
1: know. oh yeah pop papa's out and they yeah. that guy who did the actor studio he read that he has a reading of that uh song he did like a a poetic reading of that song which you can probably find on youtube it's like papa's out pop papa's out it's amazing it's incredible
0: the original one was poetry What like
1: yeah, right, and of course. I mean, sure, it was so po- it's such great poetry that he, you know, I mean, nobody would have ever heard of that song if he hadn't been attached to Britney Spears, but respect, man. I mean, he's able to get Britney Spears like in her I don't know, maybe just slightly after her prime, like, you know, like that's it's pretty good, man.
0: What? Nothing. Then we uh we meet Karen, the ex of mm-hmm. Hank Moody and their daughter together, Becca yeah Karen is dropping off Becca to Hank because she has to go on a date right Becca is kind of like playing like can't we all just go on a date together which I, I really love Becca's character so, and we had we had talked about this before doing the podcast We mm-hmm. disagreements but then you rewatched and you're like you could kind of see it now right
1: so I, well I, I want to talk about Becca's character here for sure uh, I want to say about Becca, especially, but both Becca and Carrot in this scene, right, is that like first of all, they're looking fly. Like whoever did the fashion in the scene, like is super on point because they're looking fly. And Hank shows up with, you know, without any, uh, without any underwear, without any pants on, right? Like just in his underwear. And just, he, his underwear he kinda, just his underwear. I mean, he makes a big joke sure. out of it. He's like, right, I'm just trying, you know, a new clothing style or whatever. And and Becca says, like, are you mentally insane? which like didn't make any sense because I'm not sure if there are any other forms of insanity, but she does ask him that. Right. And you know, that's just like a 12 year old kind of rolling her eyes at her dad, but her dad, this is kind of like, I mean, you know, there, there's a real nice juxtaposition there, which is, you know, like Karen is looking, Karen's looking good. Becca's looking as, you know, I mean, I I mean this in the, the most innocent kind of way, but like, She's she's like she's her outfit is like on point. Her necklace is great. She's got like the, the I mean, she's obviously like a, you know, a burgeoning punk, but like they're looking really good. And then Hank just shows up like a disheveled mess, right? And Karen says to him like, "You you smell like pussy," right? Like he does, right? Because you know that's what he was doing. And and that's that's like I mean that's a that's a really important moment for the series, right? Which is the introduction of this this really kind of strange and in many ways dysfunctional relationship that they have and that their kid is caught up in, right? And, you know, Karen is, you know, trying to check out as quickly as she can to go off with her new guy. And, you know, they have to wait there for Hank because God knows what he's up to, right? And, and keep in mind, Hank left earlier than he was going to leave, right? Like he was forced out of that, of his situation very early by the arrival of uh, the, the girl's husband. Yeah, K-fed. by K-Fed's yeah. arrival yeah. with the baseball bat. So. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he was gonna be home even later, right? Does he was he even gonna show up at all? Like, it's it's not clear. So, I mean, we sure. we are introduced right away to this guy being kind of a a fuck up, you know.
0: I mean, I just like you know, Becca seems to have some insight. Just wants good things. Like, have you seen teenagers nowadays? Doesn't seem like that's, or at least you know, the public perception of teenagers nowadays.
1: Yeah. So back to Becca. I apologize for kind of like uh, glossing over that, but I, I thought Becca was was very good in this scene, and, and her character was set up very well. We're going to have some pretty strong disagreements on, on Becca, I think, but the um, but this was good, and then you could, I'll let you take over here and talk about what happens when they go into the house, because, I mean, this is really, like, I mean, you can just, it, you can't not feel for Becca in this scene, right? Like, it's just, and, and she just does so well, and she tries to make the best of it, and... I mean, there's, I think she's overly innocent in this scene. Like, I think it's preposterous that a a 12-year-old asks about, like, why is there no hair on her vagina? It's like, you know, 12-year-old girls, like, they don't live in, you know, they know, like, they know what's up. Just like the opening scene,
0: it's just a show. But we appreciate it and we're commenting it. So anyway, Becca and Hank are in the house. And then Becca goes to Hank and he's like, can I ask you something? He's like, anything. She's like, why is there a naked lady in your bed? She tried to... So so the lady in the bed tried to surprise him. And that's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, really, really nice when uh, women try to surprise people. There's a second
1: woman who's now surprised Tank Moody, right, in the episode, right? The first one waking him up, and now somebody somehow getting into his house and sneaking into his bed naked? All right, continue.
0: (laughs) And... um. It's a, it's like surprises are, you know, usually, usually a good thing. Um, unless they're like, it's definitely your baby.
1: <laughs> Ooh, Ooh. Oh, just kidding. that's some foreshadowing, but, um, the, uh, yeah, that, uh, that's, that's a bad, uh, that's a really bad surprise, but I can tell you from personal experience that they are not always correct. Just saying.
0: So, so it turns out that The Lady in the Bed is the wife of the director of the movie based on Hank's book. Mm-hmm. So the original book that Hank writes is God Hates Us All, and the movie directed by said woman's husband is a crazy little thing called Love starring- Which makes no sense, right? <laughs> I mean, that's probably the point of- the reversal but it stars tom and katie shout out to tom cruise and katie holmes and we all know how that turned out
1: (laughs) very well right they're still together they have a daughter yeah right she's actually that's probably a good becca comparison honestly that's becca in real life
0: it's foreshadowing yeah yeah really (laughs) exactly so yeah and then uh you know uh she accuses hank of getting exacting revenge because you know he got with the director's director's wife and he hanks like what are you talking about you know it's (laughs) yeah and um he he or she accuses and tries to throw in his face right he's she says the book sucks
1: yeah she said the movie is better than the book
0: right which is like Kicking a man when he's down, yeah. You
1: know. Well, th- that's the worst. That's the absolute worst thing you can say to Hank, right? And then he calls her like a cadaverous lay, and says she has no, you know, no taste or or whatever. So I mean, this is this is about as angry as he gets, right? I mean, like you know, telling the man is the book is worse than the movie is is a, it's a. I mean, and and you can think about you know think this is being written by writers, right? So there's these guys are all writers, right? Anytime you change their writing, they're they're angry, right? So they've got so they've now written a character who, you know, just like it has women showing up in his bed naked. Right. And, you know, it seems to already, we're like, what, like we're, how many minutes are we in? We're like two, three minutes into the show. Right. At this point. And he's already had, we've already seen, first of all, we've already seen two naked women. Right. So they're clearly making an attempt to uh, they're clearly making an attempt to draw us into the series, right. In the, the most base possible manner um, right off the bat. And so, you know, so we're we're being introduced to this, it seems like you know women just can't wait to drop their pants for him uh and that's you know i mean i have to say from from my own point of view it feels pretty unrealistic but it's my understanding that there are people out there like this
0: so i wouldn't know, Wayne, you know about i know you know Cal- all about. i no. know i only know about this show called californication and entourage seems to happen in entourage too but it's a little more explainable because you know vince vincent chase is a movie star
1: yeah and
0: uh hank moody's just a writer just a writer right
1: well i know a lot of women who have every guy chasing them so surely that must work in reverse as well Mm.
0: um like britney spears there's a lot of guys chasing her you froze but so after this incident hanks passed out on the couch and becca puts a blanket on him
1: Yeah, yeah still i mean amazingly right yeah Becca bringing beers, right? And asking, you know, and asking, is this your new girlfriend? Oh. Well,
0: it's brutal. You just, you froze for a bit. So I was on to the next scene. <laughs> can, can, can you hear me,
1: Wayne?
0: I can hear you now.
1: So I, don't forget the part, you were going to talk about the part of Becca covering up with a blanket. Don't forget she brings them beers too, right? I and says like, is this your new girlfriend? Like she's trying super hard to be the good child in a situation where, I mean, it's a divorce situation, right? Like it's not, I know they technically weren't married and that I think, somewhat unreasonably is like a big deal between them i, I think you know it's a little, we'll get into it but i think it's a little bit disingenuous but but i mean becca's 12 right she's been with her parents her entire life she's trying so hard right here right and 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 you really you really feel for her and you, you take it away
0: yeah so hanks passed on the floor or sorry floor on the couch don't want to you know don't want to disrespect what actually happened
1: yeah no because he will be passed on the floor at moments in the series so you, you know we don't want to exaggerate
0: Exactly. Becca puts a blanket on him. Karen comes in, picks up Becca, and we find out that Karen cheated on Hank when she was yeah. with Bill. Yeah. And shout out all the bills in my life. Yeah,
1: a lot of bills around. Yeah. Telephone
0: bills, for sure. Ooh. That,
1: that, that, one I, that one I can afford. Yeah. <laughs> Cotton, <laughs> you know.
0: Dang. Ugh. Uh. So Hank's like, you know, he's like, come on we can work out and then he's trying to like you know get back with karen his muse and karen drops the bomb that she's getting married to bill yeah um and she needles hank even more and says she loves bill yeah hank's like no he's boring
1: yeah and we don't know bill yet at all right right um you know, but she, he calls him boring, right? And, I, you know, it's a little bit surprising, right? Like, th- thinking about this one, what we've been introduced to from Hank Moody so far just seems like a absolute philandering lifestyle, right? I mean, that's what it seems like the guy is. But then it turns out, like, Karen is the one who cheated on him. Somehow she's also angry at him, right? Which is a bit peculiar like he should be the one who's like super angry at her I mean they I guess they're angry at each other Whatever these things happen but uh, yeah and then she says to him like you're what well, she, she says you're a cliche right <laughs> and and she says you're a cliche because you google yourself and, and man th- this one hit a little too close to home not gonna lie yeah, know it's dumb
0: I think it was that she fell in love with him because he was the anti cliche and then yeah after she got to know him she found out he was the cliche and i think the cheating happened because like he was he was like working like and really obsessed with the book and then the movie and then you know didn't spend time with her and then
1: yeah yeah that certainly would be her interpretation of why the cheating happened uh and you know that would potentially be a therapist's interpretation of why the cheating happened but i mean you know like it's it's certainly can be a convenient narrative for Karen. Let's just let's just say that. I mean, pretty surprising based on what we've seen of Hank Moody so far that he would have remained faithful to Karen for as long as he apparently has. Right? I mean I mean guys with the kinds of options that he apparently has, like I'd like to say they can do it, but it doesn't seem like they can. So you know but apparently he hasn't, right? Or at least he hasn't been caught. He hasn't admitted such. And, you know, Karen has, right? Karen, uh, you know, somehow got emotionally involved with a dude who she was, you know, doing an architecture project for. And, you know, now this is what this is what we have. I did, I did like, one thing in the scene, or there was something I, I meant I wanted to talk about, which was Hank said, like, you shouldn't marry Bill or something like that. And, and she said, like, why? And he said, I know you. And it's like, well... Do you? Not sure you. Not sure you do. You know, I mean, not sure anyone ever knows anyone, right? And what people are actually capable of, and people are maybe have a, are capable of a wider range of behavior than than everyone who knows them might uh, suspect, both good and bad potentially, but maybe more so on the bad side.
0: Um, you know what I'm bluffing.
1: Yeah. Right. No, I I know you, but I call anyways because you know GTO so. You know, I say, you know, you show me the hand. I say, I knew it. You know, and I, I, I then I th- throw my hand. Oh, you said you, you said bluffing. Sorry, I just butchered that. But uh, yeah, well, I fold sometimes. You're bluffing, anyways, because you know I have to fold the, sometimes I have to fold the bottom top. the bottom of my range, anyways, right? Even even if they I know you're bluffing. Yeah. So
0: Hank, Hank I, walks by the movie poster, crazy yeah. little thing called Love. Yeah. Um, based on his book, God Hates Us All, starring. Yeah. Tom and Katie, which is, you know, Tom insinuated to be Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes, which is like the turning an intellectual creative piece of work into something for the masses.
1: Right. Right. And it's surprising that Tom Cruise didn't sue them because he seems very litigious. But, um, but yeah. And then what does he do? He goes to the
0: movie theater. He's in the movie the movie theater and this dude has his phone in the movie theater and it's like ringing, interrupting. And then. Uh, Hank's pissed off, is the guy's being rude, and mm-hmm. the guy's like, you know, he's like, "What are you gonna do? Stop me!" and and he's like, "Hey baby, don't worry about it." Like, you know, yeah. this, this idiot's you know trying to take my phone. And then Hank really rips the phone and you know, chucks yeah. it on
1: the Yeah, and then they get into a surprisingly realistic fight, right? Which had like a lot of like grappling and just kind of like you know rolling around on the ground, like. Uh, you know, uh, try, trying to get into like a good position, right? So that was like a, like a lot of times in on TV, you just see people just like get immediately slugged and stuff like that, right? And like like knocked out, and that's not always how it goes, right? There's just like a lot of, uh, you know, kind of like, what do they call the? What do they call it when you're like um, in wrestling when you get like I guess it's grappling, right? Like you get uh, tied up with somebody else, and uh, yeah, that happens all the time. Why do you think he? Uh, I mean, he what? I I think he let me. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll just say I think he goes to the movie here. like googling himself honestly like he has been i think he's really concerned about his existence about who he is right about karen being right that he's a cliche about maybe even the director's wife being right that the movie is better than the book right like even though we don't really maybe get any indications that he might like i think he's just feeling really insecure you know and and that's you know i mean sometimes I, he definitely was right to, to fight that guy but I mean all at the same time like he's on till, you know he's on life till.
0: I think part of it is just like he's facing things that he knows are wrong and mm-hmm. and he's just like dealing with it in his way but just like at least colliding head on with things that are just like wrong and trying well, to make things right
1: what, what do you mean stuff that's wrong like factually wrong or like
0: so the opening or like morally wrong so in the opening scene when in the dream when he's about to get this blowjob from a nun yeah this is like okay well i want the blowjob it's from a nun so i better cover jesus's yeah you know yeah i
1: never would have left the catholic church
0: yeah and there's like you know when he's out with this chick and then she's like oh my husband saw him well he's like i better get out and then when he actually feels like you know karen's with the wrong person he's like you don't love her i i know what you need
1: i see i see so so he feels like the universe is wrong right yeah. like like things like things are just not working out how they're supposed to work out right and that, so yeah. that's what he's yeah. that's what he's feeling and then he goes in and there's something else that's happening wrong which is some idiots you know just using a Taking cell phone his, and yeah. full volume right pretty ridiculously so
0: so like yeah. despite all the things that are messed up and off about him Mm -hmm. He has this insight on things Mm. that are wrong in this world. He's trying to like act on it. Yeah I
1: mean, I mean that's probably a big theme, right? He's He's often trying to act to right things that are wrong maybe in the world or maybe from his past right and kind of like Fighting and failing to do this and this is kind of like, you know, his hero's journey type thing right where he has to like He has he like guessed to have all this toil and these battles and things like that and like, you know, they sometimes end ambiguously and, and or not to his liking and things like that, so,
0: yeah. And then at least one of my uh, favorite scenes in the entire series, um, Hank goes to a store and is side by side with his uh, the book that he wrote, God Hates Us All, mm-hmm. and- Why did he go
1: uh, into the store, right? Because he saw that his book was on display because his i mean his ego's on overdrive right his insecurity's on overdrive right now keep going sorry
0: and that's where um the scene kind of talks about or or no sorry later on in the the episode they they deal with the the ego and narcissism question so um what's interesting is this young lady young attractive lady Mia is uh reading his book God Hates Us All um, looks at him and like starts chuckling, and then he, and he approaches her, and she's like, "Oh, oh," and then looks at the there's a picture of him on the back of the book. Yeah, and yeah. um, yeah, basically, uh, you you just like you can't eat or, it, it's just like. He's confronted a situation, and he's like, "She's a fan of the book," and then. He's like trying to justify his position there. And then she's like, well, I'm definitely not going to sleep with you. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, which if, when you hear that, right, those words, if you're a guy, right, I, you know, those that those words are like music to your ears because when a girl says that, that's how you know it's definitely going down. Like, no one ever says that when they're not going to sleep with you, ever. So those are the best words you can possibly hear. Um, yeah, so, so you knew, that was actually, I mean, that was actually a pretty good, that was actually a really good, like kind of like taking a flirty conversation, jamming it into a really short period of time because there were like there was like a real ebb and flow to their conversation where they're both kind of messing with each other. And Hank, like does he does a pretty good job in that conversation because like Mia's is kind of like twisting him in knots a little bit. And he like he handles it really well, as he often will. Um, so respect for that. But yeah, Mia, what's she doing out there? You know, I mean. Was it really just coincidental that she, uh, she happened to be there? I guess so. I mean, I don't know. It's all very suspicious to me.
0: Well, I guess you're right. So Mia does call him out for the narcissism and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, and
1: takes one to know one,
0: right? Exactly. And then uh, she also adds a layer of like, oh, so you're right. It's not because Hank denies, and he's she's like, oh, oh, it's low self-esteem. So you just like you said, you need to Google yourself or. know because sometimes achievements just like you know slide right off
1: yeah yeah for sure i mean that's that's a real issue here there's even a thing where who calls does she call him a one-hit wonder does he call himself a one-hit wonder
0: i forget he he calls himself a one-hit
1: wonder which to me is very perplexing because like i don't know exactly when he finished this book but he's got this movie coming out he's like what like a mid-40 ish writer right like he's got plenty of time left like he's how could you call yourself a one-hit wonder but he must be feeling that way inside he must be feeling like I'm never going to do anything else um at this point but yeah it's not clear to me i guess we'll get a little bit more context on that on how long he's been in writer's block or or whatever but like i i don't know why he's calling himself a one-hit wonder now or why he's feeling that way like i mean man that's that's rough like and also by the way if you're a one-hit wonder and your one hit is a book that is good enough to be on massive display in a bookstore and gets made into a movie starring tom cruise and katie holmes like you are fine as a one-hit wonder like you made it dude like i don't know why i'd feel bad but let's kind of like what you're saying the those accomplishments are just like dropping off right and you're just like comparing yourself to some imaginary you imaginary ideal you who could be achieving more or whatever
0: so mia brings up a very interesting uh part right here where uh She's seen the movie. He asked if she's seen the movie. And then Mia yeah. says, Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. So, yeah. Up, up until this point, mm-hmm. Hanks uh, met with the nunslash uh, girl on Ocean Avenue. And, yep. um, yeah. And then his ex wife, uh, his daughter, um, the director's wife, and Mia. And all these women like Hank or have a, a, a recognition of Hank for different yeah. reasons. So none yeah. of them like him for the whole thing in which we're supposed to, we're supposed to presume that Karen has the most, but in the first one, the woman likes Hank because he can make her orgasm, right?
1: Karen. Did he, did he actually do it? Was he able to finish?
0: i think she said that
1: oh that was nice of her all right
0: yeah <laughs> or straight face you know. right said, said yeah, yeah, yeah. it happened yeah, it yeah another face.
1: good girl another good girlfriend thing ladies uh you know just tell me you did i mean i know you didn't but like on some level it lets me <laughs>
0: pretend yeah. Yeah. well per- we're gonna say that for the sake of the story because you know let's you know there's quite a few things that might be off from reality so the first woman uh likes hank for the sexual stuff uh karen was into his soul until he found out that she was a cliche the yeah
1: yeah, right
0: good the director's wife Mm -hmm. presumably did stuff because she just like karen was may have been angry that the director was like too into his own career and was like, you know, trying to find something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and and now Mia, yeah.
0: And Mia, which was she likes Hank for the book and says the movie sucks. So she likes Hank for something in here. But
1: but I think he would be really responsive to that, right? Like that's almost on the level of like old Karen. Right, where like like I mean, to hear for him to hear somebody tell him that the the movie sucks, right, that the book is better, like that you c- that's gonna help fill his soul, especially at this like this really empty moment he's in, where he's you know like just really down on himself and and thinks he's you know thinks he's kind of a loser because of the events that have happened in his life, you know, uh, of recent. So yeah, I mean, you can see why he's why yes, he's he finds me appealing.
0: There's a difference between the way Karen sees Hank and the way Mia does because Karen likes the inspirational journey to the product, whereas Mia mm-hmm. likes the finished product.
1: Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: And um, so you know, back to the back to the spicy part. Mia's definitely not going to sleep with Hank, so yeah. they end up they end up banging. And yeah. No. And then she asks him if he's gonna come. He's like, yeah. yeah, and then she punches him in the face.
1: Yeah, and then, yeah. Then leaves. Right, and then it, you know, it, it also, the, the thing that weirded me out was she gets off of him, right, and it's not clear to me that he's actually coming. It seems like maybe she did. And then she says, whoopsie, and then she just wanders out of the room. Whoopsie? What's that? Right, like, I, I have no idea. What, what was whoopsie? Did you punch him accidentally twice? Right? Like, what was whoopsie? Whoopsie was like, whoopsie, I'm not gonna finish you off. Like, oh, okay, right? Like, I don't know what whoopsie is. I don't know how to, how to take that, that that statement.
0: I think it's a battle of control. Like, she's like... For sure. Yeah, it's just like, are you about to come? No, you can't, I'm in control, boom. And by yeah. the way, you're gonna remember this moment, right? Yeah,
1: she was, she was definitely in control, right? Absolutely, you know, for sure. And so this is now, so this is now the, just, I mean, we should almost have like a breast count up on our thing so we can like tally the whole show. But this is number three now. I was paying attention the to the story.
0: I have no idea what you're talking
1: about. Okay. Okay. So the very first time, right? So I'm sure as you missed this, but the very first time when he was going down on the girl, they left the sheet off just enough so that we could see her breasts. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause like that's how sheets always fall. right Right? and so just enough and then the second woman right like that woman didn't have to be naked in his bedroom she could have just been like chilling in his bedroom right but no she was naked in his bedroom right and now the third woman right we get this kind of iconic woman on top shot right which is like the hollywood shot so Mm -hmm. we can make sure to get some you know
0: i was admiring the dialogue so
1: i appreciate that thank thank you for
0: noticing all the things that i didn't. yeah
1: yeah well you know i Wayne, I appreciate you because you exist on a higher plane than I do. And so I will help fill in all the really low tier stuff. Or I could be going blind. You're clearly gonna miss. Yeah, no, or you're just, listen, you are you are focused on what is true and real and rich in this life. So I, I appreciate that. Right, nice, and that, no, that happens because you as a man of experience, right, you've done it all and seen it all now, like nothing is going to impress you, right? For me, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm still just completely desperate. Right. So it's, I I can't, I can't not watch, you know, and the the interesting thing is right. You know, there's never been like a, a, uh, like, you know how they do like these, like porn parodies of like star Wars or whatever. Right. Because like people are, you know, <laughs> No, people.
0: but I assume they, oh, yeah, oh, no, they
1: totally do. People really want to see like Chewbacca get a blowjob or whatever. Right. Like that's, that's something that everybody's really dying for. Right. There's never been a porn parody of Californication. You know why there's never been a porn parody of Californication? <laughs> because it's
0: right there. In front
1: How of you? could you do it? Right. Yeah. It's exactly. It's all right there. Like even the, the very first scene, right. Or the, the scene in his house with the woman and like his 12 year old daughter, there. like, that's even normal for Pornhub these days. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, this the, the stuff people are into is just dis, just despicable, right? So there's no possible way to do a uh, it's there's no possible way. you can't do a porn parody. It's already paradizing itself,
0: so, itself. So, so shout out to Tom Capinos for just you know being invulnerable to being intact. like you know. Oh yeah,
1: no, and his big mistake was not starting Pornhub for sure. Yeah, he's you know he should have Pornhub. I guarantee you has made more money than Californication. So
0: maybe Pornhub stole Tom Capinos' idea. It's yeah, possible. Yeah. I
1: mean, at this point, first of all, there've got to be like numerous David Duchovny videos out there, right? Like, I mean, you, you know, Sex. i are I've re- heard. Recording a lot of their stuff, so I mean, yeah, we could probably go find them. We'll do, oh, you we'll know do what? Like, I,
0: you know we did. We'll do it.
1: We'll we'll do that for our, our Patreon subscribers. We'll do a uh, we'll do a David Duchovny uh, sex tape um,
0: you know, episode. I thought he was in sex uh, in in porn before he did X Files.
1: I don't know if he was. He, he maybe I was. maybe it
0: was a rumor. You know, he did know.
1: that show Red Shoe Diaries. It's weird because, I mean, the guy constantly ever since X Files he does roles that are just a little bit too on the nose for a sex addict. You know, it's like, <laughs> all right, dude, sure, you know. But I guess it's good casting, right?
0: And when he can't do it, then he has to do a show about aliens called X Files. No,
1: anyway. Ooh, that's nice, man. See, everything comes full circle, right? <laughs> and that's something we learned from X Files. Maybe I don't know. I never saw it.
0: Um, so then Hank, uh, and Karen are now at the principal's office because the principal's like, we gotta talk about your daughter, Becca, there's some issues and they're like, huh? And then, uh, the principal's like, I think that, uh, Becca is budding in sexuality. Um, and Hank's like, oh my God, thank God because I thought she was a lesbian, which is very like outdated. 'Cause
1: yeah. incredibly outdated. I mean and and also really not on brand for this guy who we've been introduced to. Right. Right? This guy doesn't seem like he has sexual hang ups, like this this seems really inconsistent, honestly, from a character standpoint. Like he this it, it is really outdated. Like this is like idiot dad, right? Like super like, you know, fly Hollywood dads, like they're they're not like this anymore. You know?
0: And then Karen's, like, you know, being the nurturing mother and just being like, yeah. you know, this is a good thing. You know, this is normal mm-hmm. for women of this age to, um, you know, start being interested in guys. Uh, and Hank also has sunglasses yeah. uh, covering. And then I guess when it comes, they come off, he has a black eye. And then Karen's like, mm-hmm. what happened to your eye? And he's like, yeah. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, who who would
1: even believe the story if you told the truth anyways? You know, I mean, if you got specific enough, you wouldn't, you couldn't possibly believe it.
0: Just like other so, stories and behind the scenes in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. oops. oops. Uh, <laughs> you could so, not make the
1: show in two thousand twenty.
0: That's for sure. Yeah. So, which is why we're revisit, revisiting in two thousand twenty. Uh, and the principal says, you know, kind of like heartbreaking thing. Um, so the situation is, like. Becca got caught, like with a guy, like feeling up her shirt, and mm-hmm. Becca told the principal, "It's like, how else do you get guys to like you?" I just like, boom. yeah, that's brutal. So, like, be- yeah, go ahead. My my heart's like breaking for Becca at this point. Like, you know divorced yeah. parents, and then she just instantly wants them to get together, and it's like she's not even wrong. It's like you know, whatever selfish thing. Overture of like her wanting to get her family together. It's like really Karen and Hank are supposed to be soulmates, you know Yeah, So
1: yeah, and that's just it honestly is really sad. I mean, there's a lot of gender stuff you could do here It's really sad to hear a 12 year old think like that You know what's even I mean the thing is as she ages and as she gets older, right? I'm sure what she will realize is that you know boys are really attracted to women who you know commit themselves to education You know and getting a good job and absolutely none of what i just said is true and unfortunately 12 year old becca pretty much has it right and that's what's really sad right i I mean i mean this you know completely seriously like guys are super attracted to looks right i mean like and they're super attracted to women who make it easy for them you know at least on some level i guess you have to play a little bit of hard to get
0: i like like, your other statement i
1: I want (laughs) to i want to stand with that because that's that's how it should be right that's absolutely how it should be but becca she, I mean, look like everyone else. She watches her parents, right? She, she knows. She, I mean, like twelve year olds are a lot smarter. Like this. The 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 big issue I have with the first episode is, there with Becca is like Becca's pretty much on point. Like, but Becca's a lot smarter than the episode is giving her credit for, and twelve year old girls in general are a lot smarter than the episode was giving her credit for. Like, I almost feel like they should have made Becca a couple years younger, in this because. It, like I just kind of didn't believe maybe I'm wrong. I don't have a lot of you know experience with twelve year olds but I mean I'm thinking about like being like eighth grade like dude like the girls especially knew everything in eighth grade like they knew everything like they knew how the world worked when they were in eighth grade. so to be just like completely dismissive. so like i I am a hundred percent with you on the heartbreaking moment, but i'm my heart is broken for reality and my heart is broken for how difficult it is to be a teenage girl and how, you know, and, and like yeah. having to grow up and having to like, you know, realize these sort of like awful truths about how the world is. And, and that, that really sucks, you know? And I also felt really bad for the teacher in this scene, by the way, like, could you just imagine being the teacher, the way that uh, Karen and Hank were acting and like trying to like deal with this as an adult and like, you know, that part's, I mean, you
0: know, a show, but it's like, sure. yeah. The, the More other things about like, uh, Becca is like you know when Hank's sleeping on the couch, she puts the blanket on him, rings him a beer, right. and it's like you know that's why when we were had the discussion about this, Beck, uh, had the discussion about Becca, was like, dude, she's like a daughter that will just like never get into trouble, has a good heart, got in trouble in the principal's office this time, but it's because yeah. of her innocence slash like wanting to mm-hmm. get get down to a problem of getting being liked and not really knowing how, he, how he, to deal yeah. with it
1: yeah I mean that 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 stinks, right? you know, and then you've also got I, I mean, the thing is it's you've got this situation where like she has these parents who are like super beautiful parents, right? They're like just beautiful people. I'm like Becca, you know eh, she's you no know, she's she doesn't look like them, you know, so she has it a lot rougher, so she's trying to figure out how to get boys to like her in a situation where like she's like very obviously not Karen, right karen is uh just like this naturally although we've only kind of seen angry karen this far but you kind of see it when she when she smiles after hank says like you're soon to be you know big ass or whatever he says to her and Mm -hmm. you kind of see how charming she can be and and becca's not that
0: you know so i think becca is like used to be a contrast contrast with mia because mia is like this outgoing you know oozing with like attractive sexuality and becca's just introverted just like total intellectual
1: i absolutely believe that they are definitely meant to be contrasts here for sure and becca and becca and like the more interesting smarter people they suffer as a result of this in many ways especially when they're teenagers right and especially when they're trying to figure out their identity and they're they're getting like this evidence that they're the like quote-unquote losers right by people rejecting them in favor of the mias of the world and and things like that and like it's it's really tough right it's really tough
0: and Mia, on the other hand, is just like, okay, she could sleep with her hero, but she doesn't have his like, you know, actual love or actual respect, and she feels kind of empty. So.
1: Yeah, and and we'll have, we've got a lot more to say on Mia later. I think there's there's plenty Definitely. of Mia stuff coming. She's a she's a special case.
0: So the next scene is uh, Hank with his agent Runkle. Yeah, that's a Runkle, and he has an offer for hank and hank's like what I is it not
1: an offer for you
0: <laughs> and Runkle's like hell a magazine hank's like hell no yeah because it's what is this too small time or yeah i don't
1: it's know it's well fun. It's funny, they make fun of blogging, right? I mean, there's, there's two things, they make fun of blogging, which is now like super standard, but also the idea that he can get paid by being hired as a blogger for somebody, right? That's so 2007, like whatever. Now you blog, just hoping somebody will pick up your book at some point, right? You blog because if you don't, no one will ever know you and pick up your book, like you blog out of desperation. The idea that somebody could uh,
0: just- Or, or, oh. or nowadays, podcast. Oh, whoops, too Oops, real. Yeah, Oops, no, too real. I mean,
1: look, Clearly, we have a lot of evidence that podcasts are saturated. Anybody's trying to do it.
0: Sure, I mean, there's probably more uh, podcasters uh, than podcast listeners now. So, uh,
1: yeah, even like totally unqualified people.
0: Oh, wait, yeah, we're, we're poker players. We're qualified. Oh yeah, 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 all right, not us. I wasn't talking
1: about us. How dare you? It's oh, well, that's my bad. Yeah.
0: So yeah, nowadays it would be a podcast, and uh, Runkle calls Hank out. Um that he's always saying unavailable women. He's got issues. And, you know, Runkle sets him on a date um, yeah. with somebody who <laughs> this is like, you know, con- this is the other side, which is the date loves the movie and yeah. doesn't realize that it's based off the book.
1: Well, here's His the book. thing, though. This is why Hank is such a jerk in this scene. Right. And he really is quite inappropriate. But he, who knows? If she actually even liked the movie or not, right? Like she's on a, di- like she's kind of on like a blind date with this guy. She's on the spot and she compliments the movie, and he just, you know, I mean, he gets goaded into it a little bit, but he takes this as an opportunity to just, like, oh, uh, and and I mean, right. like, it's of course, like, listen, anybody in her place would have complimented the movie, anybody, right? Except Mia, right? And that's I guess why Mia is was, you know, why why likes, he used Mia, but heart, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like she didn't do anything wrong, man. This was a, this was a brutal scene. And, and that's how
0: how he shreds her is like he's she's like oh you think you can read me? He's like oh yeah, yeah kind of. I mean reads Meredith like perfectly. White collar dad uh, had a stay at home mom didn't want to stray yeah. too far from home, so she went to USC. No yeah. USC, like nope USC. Serious boyfriend that married the next one, which us as guys see all the time. But I guess yeah. when you're a girl, it's supposed to like sting extra hard.
1: Well, it, it was an—I mean, let's be frank—it was an utterly misogynist narrative by, yeah. by Hank. I mean, the way he narrated, like uh, the narr— the way he narrated, like a woman's life or a woman's choices—to just like completely dis—like de- just destroy or diminish the agency that was there. And like, I'm not sure how much he got right in this narrative or not. Like, she definitely, she definitely kind of like nodded her head at like USC, right? But like, yeah, I mean, it's look, he's, he's taking some, some, you know, educated, uh, educated guesses based on,
0: yeah,
1: but I mean, it was, he's got
0: a, he's got a motivation to sting because she liked the movie, but like you said, what she's supposed to say, but that's like, you know, when you get older and more experienced with dates, you just like don't BS anymore. So he's,
1: yeah, he's lashing out. I mean, no, Hank definitely doesn't BS, right. That's something that people really like about him. He doesn't BS at all, but, he is I mean this is really I mean it's pretty socially unskilled what he's doing but he's pissed right he's angry he doesn't really he doesn't want to be on a date you know Runkle kind of like uh, you know just like threw this at him a little bit right and um, you know and then she compliments so he's upset about that he's upset about his life you know there's just a lot of stuff going on he's just I mean man he's just taking it taking it on somebody and I think he's drunk too right like sure because didn't Marcy tell him to like go sleep it off or whatever
0: yeah Probably. Anyway, yeah. with the Meredith, uh, Hank was like, "Oh, you had you uh, got low maintenance gigs, and then uh, string of bad relationships, um, and it ends up like you know you just wanted to watch reality TV with this poor sap." And then yeah. she gets pissed off, storms out, and then uh, yeah, you know, they sleep it yeah, off. Re-
1: really terrible narrative that she wants to sit at home and uh, watch reality television, right? Like, what does uh? Whatsoever. What do other people in yeah exactly? What do other people envision their lives as doing? Like what exact what exactly is Hank doing by the way? Like what is his uh what is, what is his grand goal for his existence at this point?
0: By the way, um, Meredith Meredith, if you're out there and you like reality TV, there's this great poker show called Live at the Bike. You should watch that. Please subscribe. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I, I I have no doubt that it, the real life Meredith is. Or you should actually probably try and get her on the show.
0: I will. Um, yeah. Once she yeah. sees you, there'll be a emailing.
1: So I, I think so. I mean, she's certainly in the, at this point in the age range of women that I can get. So. <laughs> sure.
0: Well, uh, so. Hank's in bed with another lady and she's about to, yeah. This is know,
1: number four, yeah. right. This is number four, is um, Four. five, four on the, this is number, well, this is number four on the breast count.
0: Oh yeah. The breast count.
1: Yeah, too fake and too natural as far as I, thought, like, I, I,
0: I was about. thinking in date date count. No, but yeah. I, I didn't notice. Anyway, he recoils because he thinks he's going to get punched. So Mia has definitely made an imprint on his. head. she got what she wanted. He remembers her. Yeah, in some way. Uh, he gets a call. He, well, he, I think she wants him to like sodomize her or something, and then he gets a call and he leaves her hanging.
1: Sure, yeah. And then she's very upset at him, right? Uh, You know, a lot of really disappointed women too, we might add, right, Uh, in the show generally. Like, the first woman whose husband can't get her off. The, you know, the second woman who shows up naked in a guy's bed and then he sends her off and calls her cadaver's lay, right? And now the fourth woman who is, uh, you know, know, left unsatisfied by Hank who uh, has to depart a little bit too quickly so uh as far as i know only mia was satisfied up to this point um, you know,
0: so unsatisfied oopsie. yeah anyway the exit by hank shows that um it's more important for him to save his daughter from a party mm-hmm. where something wrong might happen uh than you know this woman who i don't know what relation they have
1: See that's why I appreciate you, Wayne, because you have a lot of experience and knowledge in like script writing and things like that. So you understand what this stuff is doing in the script. I'm serious and how it's setting up like the how it's setting up like the characters and and things like that and telling us things about the characters because we've gotten a lot of evidence you know thus far that Hank's kind of a messed up dude. Right? He's messed up, he's in his own head, you know, he's got some real issues. But here, you know, we we also Yeah, but now we we have evidence that he does you know, have one, and he has already sent a woman away from his home, right? Once when when Becca was there, so I mean, this is maybe even the second time he's chosen Becca, right? Which is of course expected, but is not always the norm for every guy out there. So, <laughs> so he's, yeah, so he's, he's, yeah, he's doing it right, um, so far, and um, so and, Be- and then they, they rescue Becca, yeah.
0: Becca was in trouble at this crazy party, which. I don't have any kids, but if I had a daughter, oh, my God, this would be, like, such a nightmare. There's, like, a bunch of, like, dudes, people are drunk, doing drugs. And yeah. and this was set up with the principal scene that Becca wants guys to like her and, yeah. you know, and some stuff. So uh, Becca was in trouble, goes to the house party, which was uh, alerted. The situation was alerted by Bill's daughter. Yeah, yeah. And Hank and Karen rescue Becca from the drugs, drinking, and bills. How? Oh, I guess the party was at Bill's house. Oh no, no, no! Sorry. No, 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 it no, wasn't. no. It, yeah, yeah, sorry. They go to after they rescue Becca. Hank, like you know, carries her away, and then she's yeah. like, I "Hate you," which is like you know, a yeah. very hurtful Whatever. thing. It. Yeah. I mean, it has to be done, but like, you know, where it's coming from. It's just like you know, Becca from Becca's side. Like things are just not going right, and you're just gonna take this away from me
1: yeah well i mean she's she's 12 and she's you know kids at that age are going to press every single boundary they possibly can they're they're actually like expected to in a way so like yeah she's upset when her parents come back and lay down some boundaries it is a little bit absurd that she's at this party i mean she is a bit young to be at this party but i guess again you know like really honestly girls have to grow up quicker you know so uh, they do grow up quicker so it's it's possible um, but I mean, it, yeah, it does feel. I mean, how did she get to the party, right? I guess did Mia take her? Mia must have taken her to the party, right?
0: That's, I mean, 2007. See, yeah, it Uber, seems pretty Uber's irresponsible. Idea, Uber's idea got stolen. Taxi Embers King.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I wouldn't have. Uh, I mean, that's pretty irresponsible of her. And, you know, Mia, I don't, but, you know, Mia's not the most responsible person. she's not actually her sister. If they were actually sisters, she would never take her because no, like, sick, uh, no. No older teenage sister would ever take a a 12-year-old to a party like that ever, not once. But So um,
0: the zinger of pushing boundaries is Becca wants to push boundaries of having a divorced couple come back together. That's a boundary.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, no, you want to talk about boundaries? How about boundaries of Karen inviting him in at this moment, right? Like, why is this happening? Like, Bill's out of town. Right. Karen says, Hey, you want to, they get back to the place. Karen says, Hey, you want to come in? And I guess they both, you know, just had this like semi somewhat traumatic parental experience of, you know, rescuing their kid from a, you know, like a heroin house, but.
0: It's a setup. It's a yeah. setup for, uh, because Bill's daughter walks in and we find out Bill's daughter is Mia from yeah. the bookstore and yeah. the punching and the, the fucking punching. And, um, uh, Hank's like, huh, huh, <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. He has Karen's to catch like, himself
1: pretty quickly, man. Really awkward situation there.
0: <laughs> oh, and um, and uh, Karen's like, do you guys have you guys met? And I'm like, eh, no, no. Uh, mm-hmm. Hank denies it. And Mia's like, yeah, yeah, we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've read your book.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Mia, Mia likes to. Who there Needle. is? Needle. Yeah. She likes to needle, but there's often, and this is something, you know, I, I know we're not supposed to spoil, but there's always a lot, there's often a lot of tension in Mia scenes because there's, because she, you really kind of feel like she could just spill the beans at any time. And she, and, and that she will, you know, or that, that she would be willing to do so if it gained her any kind of advantage whatsoever. And so this tension is actually a really big feature of the show for the, for, for the time being. And, um,
0: so You're Hank's pressing. got no sunglasses on, so you see his black eye, and then Mia's yeah. like, "What happened to your eye?" <laughs> 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 and yeah, Hank says, Yeah, Hank, Hank says he got into a fight, and she should see what happened to the other guy. And yeah. she says, "I hope she doesn't press charges." Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 See, she's always she's always on that line. She's always you know, she's always yeah she's always on that line.
0: Hank reiterates, it's a dude, so Mm -hmm. it's even worse than the friend zone is uh, Hank sees Mia as, like, a dude. (laughs) I think that's part of the insinuation.
1: I mean, it's really tough to imagine, uh, you know, when somebody punches you uh, during, uh, you know, copulation, I kind of feel like you get called. You get, you're like, I mean, you're definitely on the aggro scale somewhere in the dude range, right? I mean, that's pretty intense so um you know and like yeah i mean you know we're i mean we're the ones who are supposed to get rough during sex not them so whoa like yeah
0: (laughs) um and then mia just leaves and says nice to meet you hank yeah
1: that was it was definitely very awkward and then karen says like what hank
0: asks hank asks how old is she and hank and karen's like i know what you're thinking
1: and then uh, and then hank's says, like no you I know. don't you, i don't think you do <laughs> you
0: couldn't karen, possibly know anything. oh man karen answers that mia is 16 uh mm-hmm. and that's the end of the episode hank then reminisces when him and karen well, let's
1: go back, back. hold area. on before before you get to the very end right it's not totally then because like Karen calls him a dirty old man, and then she's like, mm. oh, "I'm just joking, ha ha ha." And it's like, no, no, actually, no, you're not joking, like, or you shouldn't be joking, like, you really shouldn't laugh this off, like, dude is, like, he he straight up asked how old she was, like, I mean, we we because we've seen what's happened at this point, we understand more of the context, but like, how could you not take that as a super dirty old man question? Like, there's, oh there's, yeah, I guess you could be like, well, how old is his daughter, right? Whatever, but like, oh, I don't know. know but one other thing though before he gets the very end he asks karen to marry
0: him yeah
1: in this scene right and at one point he says like i fucked up i know that i mean what is this guy's problem like she cheated on him yo she's the one who messed up like you don't say, like, oh, I fucked up. Oh, I'll marry you. Like, she's the, like, she's the one who has to come back groveling, right? You're not supposed to be the one that grovels. Like, if somebody cheats on you, you don't grovel, right? Get rid of them. Garbage, right? Like, they're, they have to show you, right? They have to show you that they're sorry, like, not the other way around. So I don't know whether to feel bad for Hank right now. I mean, you know, obviously there's... There's kind of a duality right as you know as men we understand this where you know we want to have like really deep connections with people and like long lasting relationships but we also want to you know sleep with like you know any piece of trim that walks around the corner and this is like this is like a real conflict in our nature and you know women also have you know conflicts in their nature where they want like you know cool artist individualist dudes who are like who are like Hank and who like you know are you know not non fussed by anything right and who are really not super needy and and things like that but then they also want like bills who are like really set and secure and have like really nice houses and and solid and things like that so we all have like this conflicted nature where like you can only get you can't ever get all of the things you want from the same person and 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 things like that and so i understand hank is like a conflicted character but man it it really feels like a major weakness to me here um you know it and and not totally consistent with the rest of the episode, but you know, that's
0: I don't really sure. remember. Uh, they do play the song Can't Always Get What You Want. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's is it the pilot yeah. or was it the, the finale?
1: Uh, they return. Oh, so can't always get what you want is playing at the beginning of the episode, okay? Um, at the beginning of this episode, they're,
0: they're whoops, they're, spoilers, yeah, yes. anyway.
1: No, ahead. that uh, no, it's, it plays the very beginning of the pilot. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course, and then he gets a blowjob from a nun, which means he's actually getting more than he would have ever wanted, right? But like whatever. And then at the no, what they play at the very end of this episode is actually Rocket Man. And they the line plays he's kind of like pensively, you know, he's just outside thinking, right? And he's and and the line plays like I'm not the man they think I am at all, which I think is a really important line, but I think it's also fair to ask if that's true. Is Hank actually not the man they think he is, or is he actually the guy that they think he is. And I think that's going to be one of the big conflict in the shows in in the show. And I'm not ever, I'm not certain it ever gets totally resolved, but um, I think it's a fair question to ask.
0: That's why we have a show because it doesn't, you know, here's the
1: thing. He would like to think of himself as not the man that, Karen thinks he is, right? Not the cliche, whatever. But then he Googles himself. Then he goes to his own movie, right? Then he goes into a bookstore where his own book is being sold. He picks up a copy of his own book, right? So uh, I, I think it's it's fair to ask whether, whether it's true. Is he, the, is he a cliche or is he, you know, something different?
0: So the scene he reminisces when it's him, Karen, and Becca as a kid. That's like, you know, his yeah. pure memory.
1: Brutal. 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 I mean, when you, when it look, lost relationships and things like that always leave imagery, leave this kind of idealized imagery of that in your head and you, oops, oh, that's not good. And, and you always, um, you, you always reflect back on those things, like almost no matter, you know, no matter how bad the relationship ended, you, you always go back to those, those really great moments that you have and that never, and there's, there's a re, there's always a real loss there, you know, and there's, there's a nostalgic
0: loss can't always get what you want
1: you cannot always get what you want that's absolutely true but in part because there's just so much that we want right i mean at the end of the day the end some of the things that we want are in conflict and that you know that causes a lot of problems in our interpersonal relationships which is certainly the case in the show
0: so here we go we revisited the pilot episode season one episode one of californication in 2020 so if we yep. made Californication or sorry, we made Californication better. If we made Twenty Twenty worse, smash that thumbs up. If we made it better, also smash that thumbs up. And yeah, just keep
1: smashing thumbs up. And uh, you know, listen, uh, you know Wayne and I are on very hard times right now. You know the pandemic, we're unemployed. So if you guys could give money to our Patreon, um, send us money on Venmo, uh, on Cash App, uh, you know through uh, Chase Quick Pay, through Zelle. Um, you guys can look at our GoFundMe. Um, which I have uh, started because I'm having uh, non specific uh, supposed medical problems and you guys can just donate to me there So uh, just whatever way you guys can look us up and get us that cash It uh, just shows some appreciation for uh, you know what we've done for you on the show Which I I think you know, I, I mean I hesitate to say it because it sounds arrogant But I, I really feel like this was probably life-changing for you For sure.
0: <laughs> and I wasn't gonna start a patreon but you know since you you sold it I'm gonna have a patreon link on the button yeah well
1: honestly honestly wayne you don't need to start a patreon that was the joke we don't have any of that stuff set up because like what we're really doing right now is we're bringing this stuff to you for free because just like blogging there's no money in this anymore and so we're bringing stuff to you for free out of the kindness of our heart because you know neither wayne nor i have any children right we don't have any little beckas running around that we know of and um maybe but like probably (laughs) not so um so, so we're just. This is our baby, right? And we're just trying to. You know, Bertrand Russell in *The Conquest of Happiness* said humans try to do two things to contribute to the world, right? They try to have children, right? And you know, quite frankly, most of the people who choose that path are extremely mediocre, right? Because they can't actually contribute to anything else to the world. Wayne and I are not mediocre, right? We are great, and so what we are doing is the thing that great people do which is contributing contributing in creative fashion. And so what I want from this podcast for you, the audience, is for you to recognize our greatness and, and then just hit us up on Cash App.
0: <laughs> I was gonna be like, there are two types of people, people who, you know, they contribute with kids or people who yeah. steal, kid, steal kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and we are trying to steal your children creatively, right, because your children, for those of you out there, right, who have children who might be old enough to listening to this, they are inevitably and invariably disappointed in you. And so what we're trying to give them is an outlet, right, to kind of take away some of that disappointment with their own existence, right? Like everybody's a Becca, right? Everybody is on some level disappointed in their parents. And we're trying to give them something back to fill the hole that was created by the relatively mediocre parenting job that y'all have done.
0: That was just beautifully said. I think we're just going to end it here. Subscribe, smash that thumbs up. Thanks, Wayne. Yeah, catch up.